Well, hello, everyone, wherever you're at, in your homes or wherever you're at in the world, we're glad to be here. Even though I'm, again, back to an empty church, um, there's a few family members and faces here, which is good, but we hope that this doesn't last too long. But for whatever the situation, every week the Sabbath comes around, and the Sabbath is a beautiful time because it's made for us to worship and recognize the God who made us, the God who loves us, and the God who's in control. And in a time when the world is a bit out of control, isn't it good to know that we have a God that we can trust and rely on that is ultimately in control? And um, the one thing he's not in control of, unless we allow him to, is us. God doesn't force himself, it's not his way. If God was going to enforce himself on people, things would have never come to what they are. Because God is about love, and it's about choice and freedom. And so our decision to follow him and to trust him and to rely on him as being the God that not only controls the world, but wants to control us if we allow him to, that's what it's all about. Doing it because we choose. He can never force us. And because of that... That's really what our topic is today. The topic today is the positive way. And because we have a God that's in control of not only the world but us, we can approach life every day in a positive way. And I think that's awesome. That's very powerful. You know, there's two forces really in in this world, the positive force and the negative force. Um, It reminds me of a battery. I think I've got one here in my pocket. You know, these little nine-volt batteries... Most of you are familiar with these, you know, and uh, I don't do it anymore, but when I was younger, I'd I'd say, are they good? And you lick them, and you get a bit of a a shock, and you can tell, you know, ooh, you pull it away really quick if they're new, because you know that's full of charge. It's a flat, you know, you barely feel anything or nothing. But, you know, every battery has a negative and a positive. That's the way batteries work. My father, you know, he, he dealt with a, a lot of used cars when I was growing up, and he'd often have problems with a battery. And my father, I don't recommend this, but the way he would test the battery, he'd get something metal like a spanner or a pair of pliers that had two metal ends, and he would touch the two ends, the negative and the positive, and it'd shoot sparks, and he'd know whether it was good. Not a, don't, don't do that because I don't think it was very safe. But my dad survived it, fortunately. But the thing is, the power really comes from the positive. That's the point I want to make beginning today, is power comes from the positive. And when it comes to a battery, you know, you've got the positive and the negative. The negative is really just the ground. The real positive in that battery comes, the real power, sorry, from that battery comes from the positive. And we as Christians... We need to be grounded. So the negative is, is, is really us to be grounded in God's word. We're grounded to his word, and therefore the power of God can work through us. And that's an awesome thing. And the real power that God wants us to live with comes from him. And uh, you know, ultimately, all comes from God. God's the one that sustains this world. He created this world. He sustains us. He provides for us. And as we recognize that, that's what he wants us to do, to recognize that he's providing all these things. But he is a loving God. He continues to provide, even for those that curse him and deny he even exists. That's the kind of loving God we serve. Now, at the end of the service today, I'm going to share with you the secret to living a positive life. 
Okay, so don't go away. I want you to stay here till the end because at the end, I'm going to tell you the secret formula for living the positive life. In World War II, there was a General Adams, uh, sorry, Abrams, and he was surrounded. That, that, him and his officers were surrounded all the way around. And he was known to be a, a man of optimism, of being positive. And here the situation which seems absolutely hopeless. You think this is when he's going to be negative. This is when he's going to have a scared attitude. But what he said to his officers, he said, now for the first time in history in this campaign, we now have a position where we can attack the enemy from any direction. You know, whatever our situation, we can always look at it in a positive way or a negative way. And God's power comes through us being positive. You know, there's been plenty of of uh, test uh, um, studies done that shows that people who are positive, p- people who have a positive attitude, do much better. They're much more successful. They achieve more um, if they have a positive attitude. It has more of an effect on a person's success than their IQ. You can be very smart, but if you have a negative attitude, if you have a bad attitude, it's going to affect how successful you can be because you can be a, a great worker. But if you go to work every day and you do a really great job, but people don't like being around you and you continue to look at the negative side of things, it's usually not going to be very effective for you and people are not going to like working with you. Another story about a boy who came home with a report card. And as a parent, I'm sure that none of my kids have done this, but um, the kid comes with a report card that's a bit poor. And they, they show you the report card and you, you say to them, now what do you got have to say for this? And here's uh, how you do it in a positive way, kids. You say, well, Dad, look at it this way. You can know that I haven't cheated. You know, there's there's always a positive way to look at any situation. And, you know, having a bad attitude, it's not very attractive. And, you know, we all can probably, probably be guilty, some more than others, I'm probably uh, certainly more guilty than my wife, who's very much an optimist. I can get bogged down by the negatives in life, and it brings me down. And I think sometimes opposite attract. And um, luckily, God led me to a beautiful, positive wife who helps to bring me up and and turn me around from being negative to positive. Because really, if I'm going to move forward in life, I need to be positive. Now, the scripture tells us this. If we look in Philippians 2, verse 5, it tells us the sort of attitude that we are supposed to live with. And this is quite challenging, that we are to have the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ had. Now, that's a huge ask. You know, that's, that's, that's the ultimate. Jesus is the person, the God who came man and lived the perfect life. He had the perfect attitude. So if we look at his life, do we ever see him complaining Do we see him arguing? Do we see him being critical and putting people down? No. And so he's really the milepost that we are to to look to. He's the ultimate example. And, of course, all of us fall short of that because none of us are perfect. But, you know, let's keep looking to him daily. Because also having a, a good attitude is something that we need to put on freshly every day. Because an attitude can become stale. What if you wore the same pair of clothes day after day after day? You know, they would start to look dingy, you'd start to smell, and they wouldn't be very attractive. And that's kind of like it is with your attitude. If you have a bad attitude and you keep that bad attitude, 
you know, it just tends to get worse and worse. But every day, we have the chance to get a fresh attitude. And how do we do that? Well, we, we go to God's word. God says, hey, we need to feed on his word, the bread of life, daily. And that helps us even in a world that's so negative sometimes, in situations that are negative. Maybe we've lost a job. Maybe we're struggling with a relationship breakup. Maybe we're struggling with some sort of addiction or problem in our life. You know, we all have them. But God says, hey, I haven't promised that you won't have any problems, but I have promised that I'm going to be there and help you through them. What a great God we serve. I remember back when I was in school, and there was this girl that... She was the best-looking, most amazing girl. I just, wow, I thought, if I could ever go out with that girl, you know, that would just be the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And as a young man, you know, I tried my best. I tried to impress her, and eventually I, I was able to get a date with her. And I took her out on a date. And you know what? I found out that that beautiful young girl was actually not so beautiful on the inside. I found that she had a really horrible attitude. She was very much stuck on herself. And I went away from that date thinking, you know, she's beautiful on the outside, but inside she was really quite ugly. Now, you know, I, I wouldn't want to tell her that, and hopefully, you know, she, she changed because we all have the potential to change. But what, the point I want to make is that real beauty comes not only from our skin and the outward appearance, it comes from what's on the inside and how we portray ourselves, how we treat other people and our attitude. It's a very powerful thing. You know, we all want to look our best. You know, how much time do we spend each day in front of the mirror? Well, you know, most all of us spend a certain amount of time. If you add that up, it's quite a bit of time, some more than others, and maybe some need it more than others. But, you know, whether you're shaving or doing your hair or brushing your teeth, you know, you know, we're always there in front of the mirror, you know, making sure we don't have spots or things that we want to look our best. And nothing wrong with that. We want to dress our best, you know, and put on nice clothes, and that's good too. But really, that's just outward appearance. What's really beautiful about a person is what's on the inside. And that is portrayed by the way um, we live and our attitude that we portray. So as we are here into the second week of a new year, I want to challenge you. You know, what are the areas in your life that maybe you could have a better attitude? Maybe, you know, it's the way you approach some of the people you live with. Maybe some of your friends or people that... Um, are close to you, you know, could you be more nice to them, less critical, more complimentary, you know, just saying to your, your spouse or your partner, hey, you know, you look beautiful, or I really appreciate that. Just using those words of affirmation can really do a lot for the person and also yourself because it's helping you to be a person more like that scripture that we read there in Philippians 2.5, more like the attitude of Christ Jesus because that's how he lived his life. And so let's hope that we can create a new story. Karen and I, um, this year, have really said we want to write a new story. And, of course, all of our lives, you know, all the stories in the past we can't do away with because they've created us to be where we are and what we are now. But we now have the opportunity 
really every day, but to, to write a new story. There's always a, 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 the potential there for us to, to, to write a new story, to overcome some of the bad habits and some of the things that have been bringing us down and, and causing us grief and breaking up our relationships. And so in, in our family, we want to really write a new story in our relationship as a couple, our relationship with our kids, you know, and, and our relationship with the church and, and with, with our friends and family. We want to make a new story. We want to try to be less critical and have a better attitude. And this, again, takes us working on this daily. And as we do it daily, it slowly will make a difference in change because change doesn't happen. You know, if you're a person that grumbles a lot and looks at the negative side, looks at the glass as being half empty, not half full, you know, we, we tend to think that way. But we can change. You know, some people say, oh, I was just born that way. But no, you weren't born that way. You, you've learned that behavior, and you can change it. You can become a better person. It's kind of like when you're flying a, a plane. When you're flying a plane... You can just have the nose up a little bit. And if that nose stays up a little bit, as it flies along, within about half an hour, it's climbed thousands of feet. Okay? But the same thing goes if the nose is down. As that plane travels, you know, it's going down. And that's how our attitude is. You know, there's that saying that goes, your attitude determines your altitude. And I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. As we live our lives, you know, if we have a negative attitude, if we're always bringing ourselves down and other people down, we're going to have a nose-down life, and we're going to be going down. We don't want that. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be people that live in, with a positive attitude, even when there's lots of negative things happening. And, and he can help us do that. I'm so thankful that we have a God that we can rely on and to help us to live a positive life. As we look at Scripture and we look in the Bible, you know, uh, Genesis, the first book in the Bible, really is um, a very extensive book. It covers, uh, you know, a few thousands years of, of the, the beginning of this earth's history and um, goes right through to the flood and after the flood. But, you know, before the flood, people had long lives. Uh, we have Adam, the first man, he lived 930 years. It's hard for us to even fathom that. You know, the longest life that the Bible records with the man Methuselah, who was the son of Enoch, lived 969 years. Now, over this Christmas period, we were talking about this with my kids, and they made the, the comment that they were told they learned in school that one, two parts of your body that never stops growing is your nose and your ears. And we just started giggling. You know, can you imagine what Methuselah looked like after 969 years? You know, maybe some of these characters you see on some of the movies with really big ears and big noses. <laughs> because if your nose grew for 969 years, it would really change your appearance. Anyway, it's interesting thought. I never had thought of that before, but it, it made me laugh. Well, we want to live a nose-up life. And as, as, as the world went on... Uh, eventually, the Bible tells us in, in Genesis chapter 6, God says the, the world is corrupt. And he got to the point where everyone, you know, when, when people have it easy, I think they tend to forget God. And God had blessed the world and blessed with so many wonderful things, long lives and, and a, a great place to live and they all forgot about him. They started worshiping false gods and, gods and denying God and, and, and not recognizing him. And that's when it came down to God says the only faithful person he had left was Noah. And, of course, 
the Bible tells us that he came to Noah and told him that he was going to destroy the world and start over. But Noah had a mission to do. He was to deliver the, the hope message. It's the same message we deliver now in 2021. As we are again facing, like it is in Noah, a time when the world is, is getting corrupt. The world is going downhill, drawing away from God. And God, once again, is going to destroy the world. But he says, there's hope. None of you have to be destroyed. I sent Jesus Christ, my son, God says, to save you. And if you only believe in him and trust him, he will not only help you as you live your life to have a positive life, even in a world where there's lots of bad things happening, but ultimately he's going to save you in his kingdom. You know, God is a wonderful God, and it's so good that he saved Noah, and that things did happen, and Noah, things started over, him and his sons after that, and they quickly multiplied and were blessed and again, it happens again after, a, um, you know, a few hundred years, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, they, they uh, multiplied and before long people forgot about God. They built this Tower of Babel and, um, you know, God again got concerned and he, he, the Bible tells us he spread the people. He mumbled their language and um, they spread around the world then and this uh, is really what created um, I guess the different nationalities we have today, I believe, is, as people were uh, going to different parts of the world and living in, and having different languages. Anyway, this, this is a, a story that tells us that God is there. And God helps us, even in the worst times. And there's another story that happens there in Genesis I want to just touch on. A story which probably one of the most moving stories in the Bible. And it covers about, I think, 13 chapters of, of, of Genesis, which Genesis only has 50 books, but it covers, like I said, a couple thousand years. But 13 chapters of that is committed to writing about a man named Joseph. And Joseph, even as a young man, God started leading him and telling him that he had a plan for his life. And Joseph, you know, was... Uh, uh, rejected and, and sold as a slave by his own brothers. Um, Joseph um, was uh, accused of, of doing things he wasn't guilty of and being put in prison. And um, he suffered quite a bit for about 13 years. But after that time, you know what? Joseph never complained. We never find the Bible where he blamed God or, or, or complained. He just stayed faithful and knew that God was going to get him through whatever he faced. And as we go through each of those things, you even think about after his brothers sold him as a slave and he's there being taken away from his family, you know, what a, what a horrible, can you imagine the emotion and the thoughts that were going through his head? It would have been very easy for him to reject and, and deny God. And then you know, as these other things happened that were very much unfair, you know, often we live life thinking it's meant to be fair, but it's not always fair, but we've got to remember that ultimately God's in control. Everything happens for a reason, and God's going to make up for any unfairness. And, and Joseph eventually was blessed. After 13 years, he became like the prime minister of Egypt. And eventually he was even reunited with his father. Again, a very touching story as you read through that. But, you know, what, what an amazing person that had a good attitude even in bad circumstances it's not easy but God can help us to do that and then of course there's the book of Job and Job was a man who God had blessed and had many um, very wealthy 
had a great big family, and suddenly um, the devil attacked Job, and he lost family members, he lost his possessions, he pretty much lost anything, even his health. And at first, um, Job was quite depressed about it. But, you know, he never blamed God. He never denied God. He continued to trust God through all that. And, he, and eventually God got him through that. And he, again, rewarded him and blessed him with many things. You know, story after story in the Bible is about people who struggled through rough times. People who, at times, maybe even had a bad attitude, but God helped to change and turn around their attitude and, and, and help them to know he's going to help them and be there for them. Uh, we have the story in Daniel, of course, with Daniel and his three friends that were taken captive. Again, taken away from their home and their families and to a foreign country. And what did they do? Well, again, they didn't deny God. They remained faithful, and God blessed them and eventually put them in charge and, and used them in mighty ways. And I want to tell you that each one of you that are listening to me today, God has a plan for your life. Whatever the circumstances, if we just are determined to rely on him, to help him to turn our negative attitude into a positive attitude, to help us to be people who are delivering a message of hope in a time when the people need to hear it, then that is a story that will help everybody we come in contact with. I heard a story recently about a man and a woman, and they had some new neighbors move in. And the, the lady from her um, clothesline was just outside this lady's window. And she saw the lady hanging out her clothes. This, and and she, she said to her husband, you know, th those clothes, they're not very clean. She said, that, that lady really doesn't know how to, to clean clothes. And the next day, it's, she's still hanging out clothes that look quite dirty. And, and one day, as she looked out, as she was having breakfast, she looked out and she saw Oh, wow, the clothes were nice and clean. Wow, she called her husband over and she says, Honey, look, the ladies finally learned how to wash clothes. And the husband said, No, no, I got up early this morning and I washed the window. You know, how we see the world sometimes can be through a dirty window. And we need to be able to see things clearly. And, you know, we often see people and we, we judge them because we're looking through the dirt. We need to look at people like Jesus did. Jesus never went around pointing out all the problems and all the sins of people. He went and showed them love, helped to show them a better way. And that God still loves them. They were special and he had a plan for their lives. This is what will change people, not us trying to criticize and be negative. Well, what we need more of is in our churches and in our neighborhoods is people being what I would call disciples in a way or in a medical sense, people who are nurses and doctors, that we're caring for people. We're showing love. We're finding what they need and helping provide those needs, that we're not there being policemen. And, um, you know, I find sometimes, I mean, policemen are there for our own safety, but in, in, in churches and, you know, if you're not a trained policeman, then it's not your job to go around uh, writing citations and, and um, booking people. Your job is to try to maybe, you know, show them some love and show them a better way in a loving and caring way. Well, I promised that I'd give you at the end today the secret 
to having a positive life. And this is a secret that I learned a long time ago. And it's a secret very grounded in the Bible. And it's as simple as the ABCs. So anyone can remember this, the ABCs. And the ABCs of Bible prayer is what it's called. It's something I learned from a guy named uh, Pastor Glenn Kuhn. And the A stands for asking, B stands for believing, and C for claiming. And this is what we do with God's promises. And if you don't know any of God's promises, you know, just, just go to Google, go to any search, and just search up God's promises. Search in the index of your Bible. God's promises. The Bible's got thousands of promises to any situation. And the way the ABCs work is that because God is a God that always keeps his promises. You know, man, we often will break our promises. We'll let people down, but God never breaks his promises. And so when we claim a promise, we can believe it. And how this works is uh, take a simple promise like 1 John 1, 9. It's a promise that if you know you've done something wrong and you want to make it right, well, you need to confess it. And so in John 1, 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. So can I believe that God's going to fulfill that promise? Absolutely. God doesn't break his promises. So if I have something I've done wrong, what I do is open my Bible to that promise. I put my finger on it, and I pray. I said, Dear God, I'm asking for you to forgive me. That's the A. And the B, Lord, I believe you are because you promise and you keep your promises. And then the C is claiming. How do you claim something? If someone gives you something, how do you claim it? You take it. You reach out and take it. Okay, it's a gift. God's forgiveness is a gift. We don't have to earn it. He gives it to us. All we need to do is ask, confess it. And so we take that and it's ours. I can then open my eyes and say, thank you, God, that you've forgiven me. And then... He's also promised to give us strength to help us to not keep repeating the same mistake over and over. But we as human beings, you know, we can get addictions and habits and they bring us down. But God can help us. And sometimes that's done through uh, other people or organizations and things that can help you. But if you have things in your life, you know, God will help you and lead you to the right people that can help you and to help to give you a new story. Every day, we can have a fresh attitude. And so I hope as you go forward that that will be your case, that you will live in 2021 with having an attitude that's fresh each day and that we can have an attitude of gratitude. You know, another way um, of that secret is not only claiming promises but also being thankful. So with our issues and with things that we want or need, we pray, we ask God, we believe that he'll provide and we thank him for it. And that's how you, you claim something. You say, thank you, God, that you gave me forgiveness. But also, we want to praise God and thank him. So every day, you know, start making a list. Put ten things every day that you're thankful for. And keep adding to it. You know, before long, you got hundreds of things. There's so much that we're blessed with. Let's have an attitude of gratitude. And I pray that God will bless you each. That he will help you, whatever you're navigating, wherever you are in this world. If you're here on the Gold Coast or you're on the other side of the world, it doesn't matter. We're all facing a pandemic at the moment. Things are difficult. But remember, God's in control. Let's be positive even when things seem negative because God is with us. I'm going to invite you to pray with me as I close. Please bow your heads. Lord, 
we want to thank you for the message we've heard from your word. We want to thank you that you're a God that's not only up there in heaven, but you're actually a God that through your spirit lives in us, that wants to give us power. But Lord, we've got to be grounded in your word and we've got to be connected to you to have that power. And the connection comes by us submitting, by us allowing you to control us. Because, Lord, our human nature says, I want to control myself. But, God, we know we'll make a mess of things. But if we allow you to control, Lord, you know what the future holds. You know what's best. Just like you led Joseph, just like you led Job and and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, these different Bible characters, we know you will lead us. So, Father, may we feel your presence. May we reclaim your promises. And may you help us to have a fresh attitude each day. In Jesus' name. Amen.